Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, you fabulous designer type you. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 171, Fix This Next, with Mike Michalowicz. Gosh, I hope I said his name right. His name, he said, is so difficult to pronounce that he has a nickname, Mike Motorbike. And so if you go to MikeMotorbike.com, you can also find information about Mike Michalowicz. Mike is an entrepreneur behind three multi-million dollar companies and the author of a very popular book, Profit First. He also is the author of Clockwork, The Pumpkin Plan, and his newest book, Fix This Next, which seems timely. Mike was formerly a small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal and regularly travels the globe, although not right now, as an entrepreneurial advocate. We have lots to talk to Mike about. At the time of this interview, I was not able to read Fix This Next before. I do frequently like to read a book before I interview someone, so I confess to that. However, I am remedying that right now. And on the next podcast, I will come back to you with more information from Mike's book, a kind of follow-up on today, because you will find out very quickly that Mike speaks super fast and he has a lot of great ideas. So I do think we need to slow down and unpack some of his ideas a little bit better. The overarching theme of this podcast really resonates for me, and that is this, the biggest challenge business owners have is knowing what their biggest challenge is. You guys know this from working with your own clients, right? How often do you meet a new client who says, I hate my living room, and you walk through the house and you see, for example, that every single room in the house is dysfunctional in some way. Maybe there's stuff piled everywhere, power cords in four different places, clean unfolded laundry in the family room, and then more in the master bedroom board games on the kitchen table and stacked in the hallway. As you move through the house, the client might keep apologizing, suggesting that this sort of mess is not typical, but you're pretty sure it is. You can see clearly that although the living room may be needing some redoing and freshening up, what the client actually needs is to declutter and get organized. And you may or may not be the person who can help with that, but because you're not personally involved, you can be objective and you can see more clearly. Or another example, the client hires you to redo the kitchen and you come in and it's perfect, right? The existing kitchen is spotless. It's almost like it's never been used. Somehow the client thinks a new kitchen will help motivate her to learn to cook or enjoy cooking more, right? When maybe she just needs you to give her permission to embrace a lifestyle that has limited cooking. If so, what would that new kitchen look like? It probably wouldn't have an eight burner wolf range, right? So part of our job when we're working with clients is to do diagnostics, But all of that can go right out the window when it's our own business that needs a diagnosis. I've seen this over and over again in my interior design business, and 
I've had more intention around business of design, but it can still happen. So for instance, we are currently working on our fifth rebuild of the business of design website. Every single time it gets stronger and better and more intuitive. But one thing that we kind of go through every single time is we hire the web developer and they want to go through a deep dive analytics and diagnostics. And we always think that's a bit of a waste because we're really clear on what the site does and who we do it for, et cetera. But it has never failed yet that they haven't diagnosed something we weren't paying attention to. So part of what Mike's going to talk about in this episode is how to diagnose what's not working in your business rather than leap to a conclusion about what your gut is telling you the issue is. He says there might be lots of apparent issues, but there is only one impactful issue, and it's important that you narrow in on that and make a change there. Otherwise, whatever you do is going to be at best a temporary fix, but at worst, it will create the next crisis. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation with Mike as much as I did, and as I said, I will be back with more information from Fix This Next in an upcoming podcast but not so much that I give all of it away. I mean, every author, myself included, and definitely Mike, would love for you to buy the book. So I'll just give you a review and talk about some of the key concepts. And now let's hear from Cheryl Horn. Hey, Cheryl, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. What's happening at Business of Design besides so much? (laughs) Well, over the next two weeks, we actually have three different webinars coming up. Uh, The events, the details for all of them are in the event section on the website if you have missed any of them. Um, But next Friday, we have Business of Design Interior Design Packages, which is a two-hour webinar. So that's on Friday, May 29th from 1 to 3 p.m. EST. Now, because we've got so many members and listeners all over the place. We are making the recording available for 48 hours following the live session. So if you are not able to join us um, during that time slot, the um, Saturday, Sunday that follows, the recording will be available to you. Okay. So this webinar is a paid webinar. It's $295. Unless you attended Business of Design's conference in January at Las Vegas, in which case we're going to give you a nice big fat discount on the purchase price. But that two-hour interior design package is for anybody who's been thinking, you know what, I think it's a good time to introduce design packages, design services in a package to clients. It is a good time for that. Right now, you're going to find that as the recession begins to unfold, clients might be tentative about purchasing open-ended design contracts. So a package can be a really nice way to get someone to sign on, make it easy for them to say yes, easy to pay. But not all packages are created equally. And if you just throw up a whole bunch of packages on your website, I said throw up, right? Sounds like vomit. It is like vomit. Don't do it. You really want to be strategic about the branding and the language and even how many packages and how they are priced. So if you're interested in creating effective interior design packages for your website, May 29th, 1 to 3 p.m. EST, $295. I will see you there. Sign up now. Now, as part of um, that webinar, you are making your packages contract available. And I have been getting questions as to how that contract is different than the hourly fee um, contract that you use on your regular Um, projects. 
the contract that you use to sell an interior design package has to be a modified, smaller contract. It still has to protect you, but your engagement is more limited. So I do have a different contract for that. And I will be giving that contract away this one time only. After that, it will be only available for sale at businessofdesign.com. So do sign up, $295. It's worth it just to get your hands on the contract, I would think. But the information in the course is going to be extremely valuable if you're thinking of doing packages the right way. So I'm looking forward to May 29th. Everybody sign up for that. And then we have two other webinars coming up, right? Group coaching is happening. When is that? Yes. So if you are a monthly or annual member of Business of Design, next week on May 27th, we have our group coaching session. So uh, registration is already open, but if you've got questions, feel free to email me in advance. And then this week coming up this Wednesday is phase two, commit to process, identify excuses and bad ideas, which is the second webinar of phase two for Business of Design's five phase recovery program. And again, that's this Wednesday, May 20th, registration still open, and that'll be at one o'clock EST. And that is free with your paid membership of Business of Design. So we're going to take a very slow, measured, strategic approach to building a strong foundation for your business. So as the recession unfolds, you will be in a position to still be profitable, to still be satisfying customers, and to have the best year ever. If you missed the last webinar we did on this, which was two weeks ago, the recording is available and there was some homework to go along with that webinar. So that's available as well. A lot of people have been turning that in already, but even if you don't uh, get the chance to do it in time to share it with us, please still go ahead and do that for yourself. The download is there for you. Oh my gosh, I've never felt like a teacher before until this, this last couple of weeks where I've been getting all these homework assignments and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how did this happen? I, I think of myself as someone who offers business training, not being a teacher, but there you go. I did want to uh, get people, encourage people to actually do the work because you know how it is, Cheryl. You can, you can attend a lecture that's fascinating that will change your life, but nothing moves unless you implement. So I was really encouraged by the number of people who submitted their quote, homework assignment, uh, because I know they are in it to really succeed. So good on you. Thanks, Cheryl. That's amazing. Lots going on. Great. Well, I will see you on Wednesday's webinar. Okay. Say hi to the kiddos. I will. I will. Take care. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Mike, thank you so much for taking time to do this. Oh, Kimberly, it's, it's my joy. Thank you for putting this together. Well, it must be said that I was late getting to this call and you were super flexible. So that, that has to speak to your emotional maturity and integrity. And I just thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
Well, I appreciate that, but I mean, we're just talking about like think thirty seconds. But uh, yeah, no, it's an honor to be here, and I, I can't wait to share some some stuff. So tell me, fix this next. That's kind of going to be the focus of what we're going to talk about. How did you come up with the title, and what is it that we all need to fix? Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I start writing a book. It takes me about five years to to do a book, and, and typically, how I start is I ask my readers, "What what do you need now?" and um, I started this one. I said, what's the biggest challenge you're facing? Cause I thought that's a great way to pinpoint their challenge. And so five years sent out the email and people's challenges came back and, and we sent out a second email, to get some more feedback. And some of the same people answered on the same day with different challenges. And it became very apparent as I was looking through this, that the biggest challenge business owners have is knowing what their biggest challenge is. It, it's, it's my own challenge. There's so many, you know, apparent issues, um, but there's only one impactful issue at any given time. So how do you find it? So fix this next. I wrote the book. Um, I, I researched out a methodology to very quickly pinpoint the, the one thing the business needs from us as business owners to resolve it. And uh, it's a tool to find it, fix it, and then repeat that process again and again. Wow. Okay. You, you are so right. There's like 12 different avenues that we could take off here. But the reality is how many times has someone approached you and said, I have this problem, uh, Mike, and I need your help. And here's the problem. And then you say, okay, I can help you with that, but that's not actually your problem. Like sometimes it's just easier to see what the problem is when you're not the person in the middle of it. So how do I get out of my own way and identify what I really ought to be looking at? Yeah, that's a great question, Kimberly. And the, what I found is the best thing to do is first understand why we get in our own way, and then we can find a path out. So there's a concept I call the survival trap, and, and I detail it uh, much more effectively in the book, but this is, this is the essence of it. It's an example, and you can do it in your mind, or if you have a piece of paper in front of you, you can do it on a piece of paper. But you draw the letter A and put a circle around it in the center of that paper. And what A represents is simply where we are now in our business. And with all the macro crisis going on that's causing micro crisis, causing business problems, is uh, most businesses are in crisis at this moment. So that letter A represents the current crisis, the current need that we're feeling compelled to serve. Like I need more sales or I need to take a debt loan or whatever. Then what we do in step two is draw an arrow away from A. And uh, you can draw in any direction you choose, but draw one arrow a short distance away from A. And what the arrow represents is an action that we take to get out of crisis. It gives us immediate relief. But now I also want you to draw an, a, uh, an arrow in another direction of your choosing and then do it again and again. And do this like four or five times. And what these arrows represent are actions that we can take in directions away from A. And what this identifies is that any action we take to get out of crisis will be of service to us. But we may not be taking the right action. And that's the third and final step. In your mind or on the piece of paper, draw the letter B and put a circle on that in the bottom left corner of the paper. And what B represents is the true vital need of your business. It's what it needs served now. And chances are when you drew that B, um, you probably didn't draw many arrows in the direction of B from A. In fact, some people don't draw any arrows in this direction. Some actually draw arrows away from B. And what this does is it's an illustration of how we behave in crisis or under any challenge, is that we take action to alleviate the immediate pain without the consideration for the, the long-term health of our organization. And um, what you'll see is when you draw an arrow away from A and it's not going to B, it simply puts you in effectively another A. So you can draw an A at that spot and then draw more arrows going out. 
And many businesses keep on going to new A's, keep on getting into new crisis, and they, they say stuck. And the symptoms are, of this are, you know, I started a business and I hit this ceiling, our revenue's not growing, or I'm working my tail off and I can't sustain, or I'm so frustrated that customers come, but customers go. Those are all signs of this kind of circuitous crisis management and not fixing the vital need that needs to be addressed. So that's the survival trap. And once we understand that, then we can start resolving it. And, and the resolution that I propose in Fix This Next follows two additional steps. Step two, step one is identifying why we struggled, the survival trap. Step two is using what's called the business hierarchy of needs. This is a hierarchy that identifies effectively the DNA of our business. What I argue is all businesses are effectively the same when you peel back the skin, just like humanity. If, if, if we peel back the skin of me and you, uh, we are very similar. If you look at the outside, you see gender or age or height or weight or skin color, but those are simply 0.1% of the human makeup. It's when you look inside, we're the same. Like if, if I was rushed to the hospital for a heart attack, uh, the doctor, she won't say to me, hey, wh where do you keep your heart? You know, is it in your foot? Of course <laughs> not. You know, the, the heart's always in the same spot. So the biological makeup of humanity is the same. Well, the biological, if you will, makeup of business is the same. And therefore, the need sequence or what the business needs from us, from all businesses, essentially is identical. And it works on five levels. I actually translated this from Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, Maslow is uh, hierarchy of needs shows the makeup of needs for humanity. Uh, business hierarchy of needs is the makeup for business. There's one extraordinary but critical difference is that we, with Maslow's hierarchy, are wired into ourselves. If I'm, if I need food or I'm freezing to death or whatever the need is, I will have my senses will be triggered and I'll seek to resolve that because I'm wired into myself. So instinct and sensation and feeling is very effective for our biological makeup. When it comes to business, we are not neurologically or biologically wired into our business. Yet many business owners feel that they can trust their gut. And the danger is, because we're not wired into our business, we are not looking at the empirical data that indicates where the problem is. So we need to look at the data that says, no, no, this is where the problem is. Our gut instinct could be a beacon, but it's not necessarily what we need to work on. In many cases, it's the arrow in the wrong direction. So what we do in the business hierarchy of needs, is we need to know the five levels. The base level is sales. That's the creation of oxygen for business. No sales, your business is suffocating. The next level above that is profit. It's the creation of stability for an organization. Then we have order. Order is the creation of efficiency, overall organizational efficiency. Then we have what's called impact, which is the creation of transformation. And the highest level is called legacy. It's the creation of permanence. And what we do here is through a sequence of questions, we, we pinpoint where foundationally is the biggest need right now in my business. And uh, right now in, in this economic situation we're in, it may not be sales, but many businesses say, I need to sell more. It may be profit. It may be taking actions like cutting costs or increasing margin. Those are all profit opportunities. Some businesses are, are desperately trying to get loans, but loans are often an indicator that there's a fundamental flaw because the business can't support its ongoing uh, needs on its own. So therefore, we actually have to figure out what those ongoing needs are and why we can't service it. And a loan maybe will be a Band-Aid or a short bridge, but it won't resolve the essence of what's wrong. So we use this hierarchy to pinpoint the area that we need to work on. Wow, there is so much in there. Um, I could have jumped in a thousand times with questions, but you you were on a roll and it was so interesting. I was on so, a roll. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm a soapbox. You go. No, it's amazing. So, okay, so I'm going to go way back to A. And yeah. I'm in A. 
I just want to stop the pain. That's what it is, right? I just want, just make this one thing go away. So I'm going to just throw out these arrows in nine different directions. And for a brief moment, I'm going to have the sensation that I've stopped the pain, but I'll just be in a different fire. I'll just be in a different pot of soup. (laughs) <laughs> and and I'll have new yep. pain in this location unless I really stop and do a deep dive diagnosis and figure out what the real problem is. And the example you gave of borrowing money, I think is such a brilliant example. I'm hearing that so often. Everybody, don't panic. Loans are going to be so cheap. But wait a minute. If you borrow money, it fundamentally disguises that you have a serious problem in your business right now, which is no revenue, no, right? You have no retained earnings. How on earth did you get to this point in your business and not have retained earnings that can cover you through a six-month crisis? That's right. So borrowing money is a a Band-Aid that doesn't actually fix anything. So is it... Yeah. How do you you whittle it down to know... You know, because it's hard to see it when it's yourself. So what are the tools that we're going to use in order to figure out what's the actual problem? Yeah. So once you understand this business hierarchy of needs, um, what I tell people is any action triggers a reaction. But what we need to insert between that is consideration. So it's action, consideration, and then reaction. So what we do is, is, uh, you know, oh my gosh, my business is not doing well. I need a loan. That's the action. There's that sensation. Now, many people just do the reaction saying, I need to get a loan. But the consideration now is, well, what's the real trigger behind this? And we look at the business hierarchy of needs. Well, we need money because you know sales have stopped. Well, that's a sales issue. What's going on there? And we investigate it. Or uh, I need money because uh, I'm spending more than it's coming in. Some money's coming in, but I'm spending more. Well, maybe that's a cost-cutting opportunity or a margins issue. The, the, the essence or many answers often are in the accounting system, quite frankly. I've actually scheduled a weekly mm-hmm. call while this recession is going on with my bookkeeper and my accountant. It's a 10-minute call. I say, I want to talk with you every week. And I just want you to interpret the numbers. And uh, this, is, this happened literally last week. I called my bookkeeper and uh, we just reviewed the numbers. And there's a notable drop in uh, our revenue, our actual cash deposits from revenue last week. And it's the first time I've seen it. So I said, okay, th- this is a trigger. We are being affected. We need to make some change. But my bookkeeper said, well, hold on one second. First, let's do a historical comparison and let's look at prior years and see if you've ever had dips before. Well, sure enough, the exact same week, one year ago, there was a dip and we looked a year prior and there was a dip. And the reason was, is we, we just don't have renewal subscriptions that week uh, for, for a mix of reasons, but there's no renewal subscriptions. And uh, subscription renewals, I should say. And I was about to make a reactionary, oh my gosh, we need to cut costs. Uh, we yeah. need to go on a sales campaign or something. But by looking at the empirical data, which resided in my accounting system, and talking with someone that had no bias or emotion attached to my business and could look at it from the outside, there, there came this clarity. Right. What, what the business hierarchy of needs does, and understanding this fix this next process, is gives us this pregnant pause. It it forces us just to consider what else could it be as opposed to just what my gut's indicating. And uh, we can look outside to the experts that are around us, uh, accountants, bookkeepers, coaches, attorneys. Um, And we can also look at the data that's in our accounting system, our sales system, 
um, any systems that we have that's collecting data and evaluate. That, that pause, which in my case was five minutes, sometimes it may be uh, 10 minutes or 20, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's a minute, I don't know. But that pause gets us out of that reactionary mode of just seeking relief and it, it puts us in that consideration of both relief and long-term health. Many businesses are taking actions to get relief with the consequence of long-term term agony, and that's the danger. We want relief plus health. Okay, so if I understand everything you're packing into this segment, I need to go back to the five levels of business hierarchy and consider which one has me tangled up because it doesn't sound like it's a good idea to trust my gut. So this is what I wrote down the five levels are. The first one was sales at the bottom of the pyramid. So this is the oxygen. We can't have any business if we don't have sales. And the second level is profitability. And you said that that provides stability, but it also includes things, not just revenue, but it includes cost cutting and enlarging margins and not necessarily result relying on borrowing money, which I totally agree with. The third level is efficiency. We're all about efficiency at business of design. And I believe that the efficiency actually increases the profit and the sales by a lot. And then the top two levels, those are the levels that I currently spend a lot of time in in my interior design business, impact, which is transformation. And this is where the first three, I think, are working really well, and there's a real sense of satisfaction. And I know I'm in this place when my clients are hiring me over, over, and over again and referring me to their friends. So I know that I'm being impactful. And the last one is legacy, and this is about permanence. I talked about this in a business of design bootcamp. It's getting your business ready as if you are going to sell it, even if you're not going to sell it, right? It's about a large nest egg. It's about retained earnings. And it's about a true legacy for all your hard work. Yeah, so this is a lot for us to consider. And I'll, I'm going to read the book, I promise, and unpack more of this in an upcoming episode. But again, the book is Fix This Next. In the meantime, Mike, can you tell me about your writing process? It sounds like it's a little bit similar to me where I'm kind of lost. And so I deep dive and work through an issue and get results. And then I share that in a really actionable way. What about you? What's your process like? It takes me about five years to write a book. I I take the process extremely seriously. um, And it's a labor of love. I'm not a fast writer, but I, I, I commit to getting the point across and, and, for it to be effective. So it takes me a long time. In that process, a lot of stuff I write um, ultimately gets jettisoned because it's it's repetitive or it's a concept that's actually better suited for a future book or something like that. So what I'm doing now is when people study my book, um, I'm showing them the lost content. So I have this thing called the lost content of Fix This Next. And it's about 50 pages of stories that didn't make it uh, or content for a future book. Uh, I even have like the, the original cover designs and there's about, I think, six or seven iterations. You can see the path of the cover itself. This is so cool. Let me ask you, Mike, you've written a crop of books, starting with Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, The Pumpkin Plan, Clockwork, Profit First, and now Fix This Next. If we start with Fix This Next, is that a mistake? Or put it in another way, which book would you start with given where we are in the world right now? Great question. And, you know, I used to answer that question so quickly and uh, I I knew the answer and I I was wrong. 
I used to say whatever I was excited about, I'm like, oh, you got to read Profit First or you got to read Pumpkin Plan or whatever it was because I was excited about it. I was neglecting to ask entrepreneurs, well, what's your biggest challenge? I, I think we need to first figure out where do I need to fix my business and then pick the book and the knowledge that services that. That was my mistake. So now I don't recommend a book. And the only thing I recommend is if, if a business owner doesn't know what their biggest challenge is, that's why I wrote Fix This Next. And that's actually where I get started. If you know your biggest challenge, it's hiring or something like that. There's a wealth of resources out there that you should start with. If you really don't know what your true biggest challenge is, what your business need is, start with Fix This Next. And when you pinpoint what you need to fix, then the hows are out there. And there's tons of fabulous books. I think that's the one. I think it should be fix this next because I think even if yeah. you think you know what the problem is, there's a really good chance you don't actually know yeah, what the problem is. Yeah, that's a good is. point. I think I'm super intuitive and I've, I've got a lot of A's. I've created a lot of A's in my life with a lot of arrows and, <laughs> you know, and because I'm a yeah. stick-to-itive type of person, eventually I get to be uh, out of dumb luck, um, but I think there might be a smarter way and I think Fix This Next next could be the smarter way. Yeah. Before I say goodbye, can you tell me how to say your last name? Oh, it's a doozy, Kimberly. So it's uh, Michalowicz. Michalowicz. <laughs> it's a doozy. Michalowicz. It's not that yes, bad. Yes, you got it. It's not that bad. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I am going to do the audible thing, and I am guilty of listening to everything at double the speed, and I really love that. I really love that. So, But I think you're a fast talker. So I might have to listen to you in the normal. Yeah, I, may, we'll I may be a one and a half or no, I agree. I am a fast talker. I read all my own books and in the audibles I do uh, like bonus content too. So I'll read a chapter, but I'll stop in the middle and say, here's why I wrote this section. Here's the backing research and other information around it. So the audible, you actually get more content, but to your point, I speak very quickly. So one and a half timers, probably the limit. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back with you and let you know. We end every show with something we call design intervention. And it's just great piece of business advice you think every single person should do immediately. Yeah. So what everyone should do immediately is in this environment right now is simply reach out to your prospect base and say, is there a new way we can serve you? Or how can we serve you in a new way? And the reason is, is with macro crisis, the economy, the way it is, the needs of users, clients are shifting tremendously. They ha For many of us, it feels like they vanished because they stopped buying what we, our core competency was, what our core offering was, but it hasn't necessarily vanished. It's possibly quite probably simply changed. But if we don't ask what they need now, we'll feel that it's over, uh, that they're done, but it's not. We just have to find out what the new offering is and then satisfy that need. I love that. So don't make assumptions. Ask how you can be of service going forward and see what you learn. Exactly. I think the road ahead is very bright. I have to say, I, I, I really think this could be, at the end of the day, an, an amazing opportunity to reset, refine, fine-tune, and go forward in a much more powerful way. So uh, thank you for helping us do that. Oh, it's my joy, Kimberly. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, 
a free introductory course which includes three business of design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a business of design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.